Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Heredity Podcast with me, Dr. James Bergen. It's almost that most magical time of the year that comes once every winter. I speak, of course, of the Population Genetics Group Forum, or POP Group. This is a mainstay of British genetics conferences, but what exactly is it? And how will it run this year, given that in many ways we're still restricted by the global COVID pandemic? To tell all is Mike Pointer, a familiar voice in the podcast and one of this year's organisers. So, first of all, welcome back to the podcast, Mike. Regular listeners might recognise your voice, but just in case, can you please just let everyone know who you are? Hey, James. Yeah, I'm Mike Pointer. I'm about halfway through my PhD at the University of East Anglia, studying dispersal and colonisation in Trivolium beetles, which I have been on to talk to you about before, but I'm not here in that capacity today. I've come to talk about pop group. Perfect. And it is a very good episode. I've had several people say that they want to work on Tribolium after listening to your episode. <laughs> so I'd recommend people go and give it a listen. But yeah, as you said, you're here to talk about pop group which for a lot of people in UK genetics will be a very familiar sounding phrase. But just to get us started, what do you mean by pop group? What is it? Pop group is short for the meeting of the population genetics group of the Genetics Society. That name was stuck from when it was first held in the 60s, but the remit has developed a bit and the conference now welcomes topics from pretty much all areas of evolutionary genetics and genomics. This year, actually in January, The meeting is being hosted by a team from Norwich, uh, a collaboration between the Earlham Institute, the John Innes Centre and the University of East Anglia. Mm, Fantastic. And yeah, it's a wonderful conference in the UK genetic circuit. But like all conferences over the last couple of years, Pop Group has had to go through quite a few changes. And this year you're helping to organise it. So what can people expect from Pop Group this year? Uh, So virtual conferences that we've seen over the last couple of years, the expectation is people sitting with a laptop in their spare rooms. And while we thought that it was important to remain cautious and avoid bringing people together from all across the UK and all across the world, we want to get back some of those interactive and social elements that are such important parts of all scientific meetings. And of Pop Group in particular, which is renowned for being very inclusive and friendly and welcoming of early career researchers. So this Mm. year, Pop Group is going to be hybrid, online, but with what we're calling local meetups. Mm, Fantastic. And the local meetups sound really interesting because I think it's a model that a lot of people might not be familiar with. So what is it that you actually mean when you say a local meetup? So... While it will still be totally possible to attend the conference and to watch the talks from home or from the office or wherever, we want to give people the option of getting back some social interaction around the meeting. So we'd like to encourage these local meetups where people who have registered for the conference are in the same department or institution or the same city or nearby city. They can get together, watch the talks together, chat about science at lunch, and then keep chatting about science afterwards in the pub. Obviously, everybody's circumstances are going to be slightly different. So there's not really a formula for what these meetups should be. It will depend on a whole load of factors and 
a bespoke make do and mend kind of attitude is what we're looking for in organizing these here's a clip from deborah charlesworth who's involved with planning something in edinburgh the idea is to book four rooms assuming there'll be four parallel sessions and have those rooms so that people can at least watch the talks together and feel that they're at a meeting uh hear one another's questions perhaps better than in just a zoom meeting and um then the idea would be that those people might you know have their coffees and lunches and so on together i mean i think it's very clear from what you said and that clip there that it's a really interesting and kind of an innovative way of running a conference and i'm really curious as to whether or not there's been a lot of interest in these local meetups yeah people seem to be excited about getting back something like the pop group that they know and love I've spoken to several local meetup organizers who have got on board early and they're arranging stuff at the Max Planck Institute in Plune. Several universities near to Edinburgh are going to be congregating there and that's where Deborah is who you just heard from and I spoke to Levi Yant who along with Roger Butlin is organizing something between Nottingham and Sheffield. Uh, so here's Levi. So we're still um putting this program together obviously but at the moment I've surveyed who's interested and who'd be interested in different kinds of formats, right? I've got about 15 people so far. And this is just PIs, actually, um, on the, at the first instance, right? And there are at least 15 of us. So that means hopefully with the students and with postdocs, other postdocs that are already involved in the discussion, hopefully 30-something people at least, right? And the idea we have, which parallels what I know other hubs are considering, is to just check out four seminar rooms, get pizza, beers, uh, other sundry treats, and plan in two long days where there's a lot of socializing, but at the same time watching each other's talks live, but then all the talks have being on on screens. That does, I feel like that will recapture some of it, but not that much, right? Like it'd be a glorized like department social. Definitely needed nowadays, but it doesn't recapture pop groups. So I reached out to Richard Butlin at Sheffield, and uh, I'm a bit of a Sheffieldophile uh, living in Nottingham, and I've been wanting to have more contact between the two groups of population slash evolutionary interested communities. So we're gonna we're, we're scheming right now. We've got similar numbers of people interested, it seems, you know, at the first instance, and I think we're gonna run the full program in both places but then have a reciprocal arrangement where we encourage others to travel down one or both days. So I'm hopeful that we have a bit of a, a mini mega hub. <laughs> Clearly, there is really quite a lot of interest in having these sort of hybrid conferences. But you mentioned before that clip uh, about Max Planck, and obviously Pop Group is an international conference. So I wonder if researchers who are from outside the UK are also planning some of these local meetups. Yeah, we're hoping that they will. Julian Dutheil is the organiser at the Max Planck Institute. They're up in northern Germany. I had a chat with him the other day. So Plön is a very small city, so there's only one institute here. But there is, of course, the University of Kiel. And uh, some of the people joining will be also partly uh, in Kiel. We are a bit restricted here by the regulations where it's difficult to get people outside the institute. So as long as we stay within the institute, we have a bit more flexibilities. So that will be mostly people that at least have an affiliation uh, with our institute so that they can come in freely. But the nice thing is that we are really so far from uh, different uh, groups and even uh, departments. So that's not necessarily people who would on a daily basis necessarily talk with each other or at least not necessarily see every day in the corridor. 
So they were not so far with uh, the planning yet, but so far I've gathered a bit, see who would be interested in uh, our institute to join. So we are an institute that's doing uh, evolutionary biology in a very broad sense. So it's not everybody who does uh, population genetics. Although many groups actually do population genetics or population genomics. So I see there actually a great opportunity to have a bit of intergroup communication and um, and to talk a bit about science between groups, which particularly in those uh, times uh, has become uh, increasingly and incredibly challenging. So, so far I have, uh, we will be like a dozen people who have signed up for that. So I think that's actually a very nice uh, number because that's, so far, put us in still within the framework of the regulations for uh, meeting in person, uh, but it's also a nice number for, for discussing. It's large enough, but also not too big. And then for the uh, during the break and so on, at least the idea would be that then we can meet and uh, share a coffee and uh, share impressions or comments about uh, the talks. I mean, it's really fantastic to hear all of these different researchers who are keen to attend pop group and to have these local meetups and try and get the most out of the current situation that we're living through. But I wonder why people are doing this. Why are we going to the effort of local meetups? Why are they better than just having a fully virtual conference? As I guess most people will know, the talks themselves are a surprisingly small proportion of what makes a scientific conference so valuable to people but they're really the only bit that's been preserved by moving meetings online during the pandemic. So while the baseline expectation for this pop group, pop group 55, is still going to be someone at home with a laptop, hopefully uh, we can recover some of the community feel with these meetups. So that's the motivation for these organisers setting up their local meetings. Here's Levi and Deborah again. And also Roger Butlin, who we haven't heard from already, but he's at the University of Sheffield. The picture you paint of somebody sitting alone in their room, this is what we all do nowadays, right? And it's not cool and it's not sustainable. And so I think that this is necessary and uh, super, super excited about it, even if it is five of us sitting around in four different rooms. Yes, everybody's missing that bit of personal contact and the informal conversations that happen around conferences. So I think you know, virtual conferences have been great for keeping one level of academic exchange going over the last couple of years, but we've all missed out on this informal chat, forming new relationships. And I think that's particularly important for the younger generation who aren't already established in the group to have that chance. I'm glad there will be a pop group. We're, you know, really looking forward to it. And as I say, it's always just such high quality science compared with most other meetings. Whatever we can do, we will really enjoy, I'm sure. Brilliant. So hopefully that has gotten people really interested in attending Pop Group and attending one of these local meetups and maybe, I don't know, even running one. I'm not entirely sure how those work. Uh, So I guess that's a good point to ask. How can people get involved in Pop Group? The registration is now open and only costs £25. The meeting is from the 5th to the 7th of January 2022. If you're interested in hosting a local meetup, you can contact the POP Group organisers. Their details are all on the FAQ page of the POP Group website. They are supporting meetups, and having spoken to them, it sounds like supporting also includes some potentially pretty generous funding for catering. So whether you want to use that for lunch each day or a slap-up meal on the last night, that would be up to you. Uh, You can apply to give a talk or... Another change this year is that while we're used to conference poster sessions, 
these don't work so well remotely. So <laughs> we are instead going for flash presentations on Twitter. So a thread of five or six tweets with information in the same vein that would normally go on a poster and with the usual prizes for the best ones. And those will obviously be accessible to anybody on Twitter, not just people registered at the conference. Yeah, fantastic. That gives it a much bigger range as well. And £25 is a bargain. (laughs) One of the cheapest conferences I've heard of. So I guess another reason for you joining me is that every year, the Heredity Podcast tries to report back from Pop Group for people who can't attend. And this year, hopefully more people will be able to because it's heavily virtual. Like you say, it's going to be on Twitter. But we're still planning on doing that and trying to bring some of the highlights and some of the best bits And you helped out on a previous episode, and you're going to come back again this year. But this year, you're going to come back as a co-host with your own podcasting venture, Abstract Bioscience. Um, And I'm really keen to hear about what you've been doing with this podcast and what it's about. So can you just tell us what Abstract Bioscience is? Sure. So I'm at the University of East Anglia, as I mentioned, and that forms one part of the Norwich Research Park along with the hospital and four research institutes, which all focus on different aspects of biological science, from the gut microbiome to engineering better crop plants. Abstract Bioscience is a podcast that I started this year, doing a similar thing to what you do here on Heredity, but talking to the authors of new papers or people with cool projects from across the Norwich Research Park, finding out about the science that they're doing, why it's interesting, and how their findings can be used out in the real world. And I believe we have a bit of a taster of abstract bioscience. So what clip do you have for us? Yeah, so this is from an episode that I did with Alistair McKee from the Quadrum Institute, talking about his work on how antibiotics can increase breast tumour growth by disrupting the microbiome. Uh, Super cool stuff. So I thought I'd share that with you. What was the main research question that you were trying to answer with this work? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think the first thing to highlight is that throughout our lives, at some point, especially in, into adult life, most people are exposed to antibiotics, whether it's regularly or even once for generally to treat bacterial infections, right? But when you're a breast cancer patient or any cancer patient, often you are prescribed antibiotics prophylactically, meaning that if you're going to undergo chemotherapy treatment or you're going to go into surgery, there's potential that your immune system is going to be weakened during that time. And as a result, clinicians will try to help prevent any increased risk of bacterial infection by giving you these antibiotics. And so essentially, we ask the question, if you uh, have a disturbed microbiota, how does that influence the rate at which breast cancer progresses? Yeah, it is super interesting. And hopefully people will go and check out Abstract Bioscience and we'll make sure to link it. And I guess just to finish up, can you just tell people how they can find out more information about Pop Group? Sure. So all of the information that you might need is at populationgeneticsgroup.org.uk. There's a great FAQ page there. And you can also follow at Pop Group on Twitter. Well, hopefully uh, lots of people will now rush out and sign up and get involved. Fingers crossed. Thanks to Mike. I'm really looking forward to our joint report back after the conference. Of course, nothing beats attending, and I really hope that you've been inspired to register. But for today, that's us. Heredity is the official journal of the Genetic Society. You can subscribe to the Heredity podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Heredity Journal. If you want to get in touch with me directly, drop me an email at hereditypodcast.gen at gmail.com. I'm James Bergen. Thanks for listening. A slight addendum to this episode. I forgot to mention that registration for Pop Group closes on the 12th of December. So, still plenty of time. But of course, the best time to register is now. 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.